So welcome to the Tofugu Podcast. My name is Michael. My name is Koichi. And today we're talking to Peter Lackner from jobsinjapan.com. We're going to find out a little bit about how to get a job in Japan. Hello, Peter. Hello, Michael. Hello, Koichi. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Excellent. Thanks. A lot of our listeners, um, probably like most of our listeners and yeah. readers, are interested in going to Japan. And uh, I'm sure many of them are wanting to get jobs in Japan to work and live. So, so imagine this really. So all of our, all of our listeners, as Michael said, they're interested in going to Japan. Mm-hmm. They're all, 90% of them, they're 13-year-old boys and girls sitting mm-hmm. in their rooms mm-hmm. and thinking, I want to become a mangaka. So you're, you're here to tell them how to become a mangaka in Japan, correct? Okay, I'll do my <laughs> best. Um, that's going to be hard. That's, I'm sure these same people are going to say, I want to be a professional singer when I grow up, and it's going to be just as hard. That, that but, sounds uh, easier, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so before we start, we, we, we want to find out who Peter Lackner is, what you do, uh, and why you know about this kind of thing. Okay, um, just uh, straight off, uh, my name is Peter Lackner. I've lived in Japan over 20 years. Wow. Um, I'm running the job board called Jobs in Japan, which has been online since 2000. Uh, before I was doing this, um, I was a director at uh, Gaijinpot, which is another job board. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even before that, I was the event director at a job board called uh, Career Cross, which is more for bilingual Japanese, mm-hmm. uh, but it's for bilinguals. But I was doing their job fairs and their employment seminars and all that. So I've been in this field for uh, quite a while. But um, of course, the people that are using the site are the large employers that employ foreigners. Yeah. And those three job boards, those are... Those are pretty well known. So you you worked. Are there are there any that are bigger than those? I feel like you you worked for all the big ones. Then uh, no, those are the biggest. So it depends. Uh, there is a one that's uh, called Die Job, which is an older one. But there's oh, a number yeah. of th- job boards out there. But um, it dem- depends on what you're looking for. Uh, but uh, as job boards to sign up as a, a job seeker is free. So yeah, go check them all out. So there's no reason to be, um, yeah, just oh, I only like that job board. So take a look at all of them, and if one fits your fancy and finds the job that you want, apply for it. Yeah, I imagine people. I mean, that's how most people look for jobs, anyways. Is they they definitely put their eggs in many baskets instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the, those are the three job boards I've only heard of. So I, I haven't heard of anything else. Yeah, personally. <laughs> That's a good sign. Uh, so there's some minor ones, and some of the schools, uh, the English language schools um, in Japan, they do their hiring roadshows, if you will, and they'll go to the various universities or get a hotel room, like a banquet room in a hotel, and have their little fairs and all that. But um, yeah, uh, usually they'll find it online for okay, right so now. Let's say that you are, I was joking before about a 13-year-old wanting to become a mangaka, kind of, but uh, let's say that you are, you know, let's say 16 years old. Okay. And you think, okay, I want to go work in Japan. Like, what, what, is the, what are some of the things you should do before you even get old enough to, you know, run away from your parents' house and go to Japan? <laughs> okay, well, one thing before you go to Japan is that um, Japan doesn't accept immigrants like America or some other countries do. So you're going to – there are regulations in place that uh, to get for the regular working visa – you are going to need a university, not college, a university degree, which is four years in the U.S., a four-year degree, or I guess in U.K. it's uh, three years, uh, but there's different degrees, or 10 years experience in that field. So it's not like, hey, I'm motivated, I love Japan, just I'm here, give me a job. You do have to, there is a hurdle that you have to get over. 
Uh, there's other types of working um, visas, like there's a intercompany transferee, and there's a trainee visa, and there's other non-working visas that you can come over as like, um, I'd say like there's the um, a student, there's student visas. Um, I came over on a cultural visa when I first came over 20 years ago, and of course there's a uh, temporary visitor, which is a tourist visa. So there's different ways to come over, but if you want to get a job, uh, the best advice is to stay in school. Stay in school, kids. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're going to have to, it's just one of those things that um, I can't help you with. Um, yeah, there are some other ways that you can get around it a little bit for maybe 1% of the population. But mm-hmm. yeah, so if you're going to follow the law to the letter, yeah, you're going to have to get a degree. Um, Oh, one other thing that I didn't um, go over is um, for your cover letter or for your resume, be sure to put a photo on that. The reason for that is I, I know in, um, this is the, they don't do that in Europe or America. They don't put a photo on there. And you think, right. why? Uh, there's two reasons. One is it's expected in Japan. And the type of photo is like a driver's license or a passport photo. It's not you giving the peace sign and uh, with a beer <laughs> in your hand or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But there's a more important reason, more than that is what Japanese people are used to, is that it puts a personality and an image to your resume. And that makes it harder to throw in the wastebasket. So if it's just a piece of paper and a resume and there's no photo on it, then it's just words on a paper. But unless you're horrendously ugly, um, then you want to put your photo on that. This, so they have like, there's a connection when you put a photo on a resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's definitely a cultural thing you're gonna want to adhere to because if you're the only one without a photo, then it's probably going in the trash. Yeah, but not just the cultural part; it's also an emotional thing that is harder to throw away a resume when there's a photo on it. With those eyes staring back at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit watery. Back. Yeah. <laughs> Fire me, please. <laughs> yeah. So. Me no, in. but uh, a professional photo. Don't have one if you were in the military. Don't have one you're sitting next to a tank or something like that or at a barbecue. Yeah, um, just no a, selfies. Just, yeah, no selfies and nothing with your cell phone uh, standing in front of a mirror. Spend <laughs> two, yeah, spend two bucks. Uh, go to the um, the photos, um, those kiosks or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make your eyes nice yeah. and big and cute. Yeah, yeah, so a glamour shot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, you do want to put a, a regular driver's license photo on your resume, and that's what they do. And uh, so, so once you you've done that route, say you come back from this program and you get your four four year degree. Um, what, what skills do you need to succeed in the job market? Now that you've got that four-year degree, you're ready to look for a job in Japan. What kind of skills do you need? First of all, so to get to Japan, so you're probably going to have to come over as an English teacher. So um, the reason why I'm saying that is, uh, okay, let me just uh, back up a little bit and talk about the difficulty of making the jump from being a student and converting the visas over. So this is from the Ministry of Justice and uh, report in 2015. Uh, then there were 336,000 international students. Hmm. Of that, only 15,600 converted their visas over to a working visa. So that's only 5%. So that's a, a very small percentage of people that were able to make the jump over. So uh, just uh, rambling on on that. So going from a student visa and getting that job in the company is very difficult. Mm -hmm. And it might even be difficult for a Westerner uh, because a lot of those people that converted the visas were uh, Chinese or Koreans and all this who had the kanji advantage. 
So their Japanese level is going to be better because they can read kanji right off the bat, and it's easier for them to make the jump into a Japanese company. So I would say most of the people from America, or I don't know uh, where most of your listeners are from, are mm-hmm. going to go over to Japan as an English teacher in some way, shape, or form. Uh, the reason for that is most of the companies, they can, if they want to hire a foreigner, there is a lot of foreigners already in Japan that they can choose from. And finding somebody from overseas, it's almost like, um, uh, I say, a mail order bride. You want to meet that bride before you make the plunge. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're, we're yeah, yeah, that no, explicit so, tag right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, because you, you don't. Uh, it's it is a gamble to hire the foreigner, mm-hmm. and if they're in Japan already, you know that they're capable. They have some cultural knowledge. Um, they're used. They like it here. They speak some language, and they're Japan ready. So their mindset is closer. But then, if you hire someone from overseas, even if the interview is good, especially for a company, a failed hire is really expensive. And so you want to get over there first. And another way to do it is uh, to get an intern in Japan. So you can get the English teaching job. I'm sure you have a lot of advice on your site uh, about doing that. But if you want to talk more about that, I can give some advice. Uh, But you can also do an internship. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the problems is uh, you'll have to come over on a – get the visa yourself. So it'll probably be like a tourist visa. And uh, a lot of the internship providers – this is going to sound bad – are – Paid internships, paid by the worker. So a lot of times you're thinking, yeah, okay, no, yeah, so, okay. Thinking, like, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, okay, that, that is technically uh, a paid internship. Yeah, that's true. yeah. So okay, I'm paid to be a slave. This sounds like a great idea. No, uh-huh. so but um, no, what happens is because um, uh, the company that's helping you out is also giving you training um, and they're taking care of things like uh, your lodging, so your accommodation. Uh, they'll give you like a a place to stay, Wi-Fi, 24-hour support services, and all that. So there are a few paid internship providers, and they use jobs in Japan as well because uh, that's not just for people that are coming over from overseas, but let's say you're an English teacher for two years and you want to make the job to something that you studied in university, something that's more that you want to do. You came over teaching English as a means to an end. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to be an English teacher. It, it happens. But on their resume, it just shows they're an English teacher. So their resume is really light. So, yeah, okay, what skills do you have? Oh, I, you're an English teacher. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, we have some other backpackers that we're looking at too. So it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't count as work experience unless you can show that you've done something with your time here. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you can get your paid internship um, or your intern. If you can find an internship yourself, that's great. But then you work uh, a little while as a professional intern um, doing something that's meaningful and not just stuffing envelopes or filing the boss's cards or making photocopies being the slave. Uh, Find one that will offer you some professional internship experience. And then you can show this to other employers and say, hey, I spent time in Japan teaching English. At that time, I worked on my presentation skills, teaching. You get good interpersonal skills, teaching skills, and as well as my Japanese skills. Then I did this internship with this company. Now I'm thinking I'm ready. I can provide a good service for your company and help it grow. Take a look at me. So, so you mentioned uh, just a, just a moment ago about you know you don't want to do an internship where you're filing papers and you know stuffing envelopes and things like that so are there certain internships you should avoid are there like red flags where you're like oh man that's not an internship for me i better keep looking oh just um 
when you apply for the company, they, there's some internship providers and all this, and then there's uh, three agencies that I know of, but um, I'll let you do your own research, and I have a few on our site as well. But uh, take a look at them and then talk to them. Say, this is the type of internship I want to do. And then if they say, okay, we can place you with this company mm-hmm. uh, doing this, then say, that sounds good. I'd like to do that. But if they're saying, no, we only have this internship with uh, company A, which is photocopying. It's like, no, I think I'll pass. I can, I can, um, yeah, and just, just keep looking. If mm-hmm. you're going to be paying money for the internship, um, you're in the driver's seat a little bit. Yeah. And you mentioned three agencies uh, before. It, it, do you mean the three job boards that you mentioned, like Career um, Cross no, and um, Jobs so, in Japan? No, there's, um, there's three companies that I know of that are offering these internships. One is a, a nonprofit, and two of them um, are uh, that you pay for the internship. So uh, the one that, um, so if you look on our site, um, I'll have this on by the time you do it, is um, Internship in Japan. And the company name that does it is called um, ICC Consultants. But um, I'll have that on um, my website. So just, um, yeah, I'll have all this on the website. And I'll send you uh, an email so you can put it on your website as well to link over. Sure. And we'll put it in the description also. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, they can offer you that. And they give you a 24-hour helpline. Like, because if you're coming over from uh, your native country and you're in a Japanese work environment, it's stressful. Mm-hmm. So the way Japanese people work, the mindset and all this, um, am I doing it right? My boss is kind of ignoring me or he's asking me to do something. Is this right? So you're going to have questions and uh, you're going to need like a mentor. So that's why it's paid because they're basically giving you a coach that can help you and be successful instead of saying, oh, here's this internship um, both for the company and the uh, individual. It's like, oh, okay, you guys work it out. So yeah. that's a recipe for failure. So it's like, okay, we're in the middle. We're helping you out. So for these paid internships that you're paying for, how, how much do these generally go for? How much are you paying? Okay, yeah, for these internship uh, program fees, so uh, depending on what it is, if it's like an eight-week program or something like that, um, it's going to cost you maybe about um, uh, $4,000 US. Think about that. Hmm. So, But that's going to be... Um, Your room uh, and board it, and- yeah, the room and board, and they're also going to put some uh, cultural activities and all this. So it's not just, oh, um, work at this company uh, 9 to 5 or 9 to 9, and um, <laughs> then just be a slave for this. And, oh, congratulations. Uh, no, they do give you some uh, different things that are on there, some training and making sure that uh, you actually enjoy yourself, enjoy Japan, learn something, and go back with something. But uh, yeah, for eight weeks, uh, taking the summer off and getting some, putting that on a resume, that will go far, uh, farther to getting you a job. It's not bad at all. 4000 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an investment. Yeah, but um, that's if you don't have a four-year degree. But if you have a four-year degree, oh, yeah, um, yeah uh, there are many English schools that are um, many reputable English schools that you can go over, and that will get you the foot in the door. Uh, teaching English, it's a lot of fun, and it's uh, very low stress. Um, at least I thought it was. And you get to meet a lot of nice people, learn Japanese, uh, increase your understanding of the culture, and if you want to stay here longer. And at the same time, yeah, uh, yeah, you can make the jump. Yeah, maybe one of your students will hire you four years later. So it sounds like uh, that the you, you said like teaching English is, is a good way to get there because you know people hiring the companies hiring from abroad they're kind of taking a chance. Uh, on you, and it could be really expensive if it doesn't work out. But if you're already in Japan, if you're already, you've already gone through your culture shock, you've already gone through, you know, getting acclimated, learning the language, 
then it's an easier transition into a job or into an internship. Right, because um, if you're an English teacher um, and you're trying to make the jump, unless you have some really good skills, it's going to be very difficult to make the jump, maybe IT skills or uh, whatever, but it's very difficult to make the jump with just an English teacher, uh, that on your resume. So what you're going to need is you're going to need to network. You're going to get out there and it's a contact sport. Uh, join some professional groups, try to network as much as possible because uh, most of the jobs people find are not through job boards. Says the so, person from jobsinjapan.com. <laughs> no, it's, it's jobs in Japan. No, it, but it, no, um, for a lot of the entry level jobs, it's going to be through a job board. So if it's your first job or something uh, that's a little entry level, job boards are like that until you're about 30, 35, I guess. But, um, but a lot of the jobs, most of the jobs you're going to get are through your own network. It's going to be somebody that you uh, worked for before, one of your clients, somebody in a professional organization, and they're going to know about you and introduce you. So just looking on a job board, uh, you're one of many, and there's so many resumes out there and the competitions there. So yeah, over half the jobs are going to be from your, your own network. So I would get out there, and I don't care if you hate the network, but you're got, it's one thing that you have to do, join different organizations and get some FaceTime and meet people. So when you mentioned networking and getting out there and networking, um, you know, that, that's, that's important here as well as in Japan. Um, are there any differences to networking in Japan, like things culturally that you should be aware of when you, you go to networking groups or how should you network in Japan? Well, uh, you can find different uh, networking groups um, just on the internet and all this. One that I sometimes go to, there's a once a month, there's a marketing and communications uh, networking group. Uh, they meet on a Monday and Basically, there are a lot of the people that have worked for a lot of the big advertising agencies in Japan, like the, the Dentsus or the Hakuhodos and all this. And then what they do is they just, um, they've, well, in the Japanese, they say graduated, but when they've switched jobs from the big agencies to being a smaller agency or maybe an in-house marketing person. And then they just uh, get together once, uh, once a month or so just to share some drinks and uh, just uh, benchmark network and all this. But uh, no, you go there and um, you pay uh, buy a couple of beers, whatever, or if you drink, if you don't, and then talk to people say, and ask their advice, and then maybe they'll say, "Oh, I'm looking for somebody," or "Yeah," or "I know somebody that can help you out." Yeah, just be personable. So kind of like like nomikais, but instead of yeah. with your company, you're with uh, a group of of people in an industry. Exactly. And you also have your various chambers of commerce and all this. So they could be uh, country specific, they could be industry specific, or even social. So just go to uh, try and get out there, meet some people that are in the industry that you know, and then maybe you can find your own mentor. So when, when you do the networking, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to think of like, well, what kind of jobs would I like to do? Maybe you're trying to make the jump from, from English teaching. Um, mm -hmm. what, what kind of jobs are sought after? Um, in Japan, like I'm, I'm sure, like if you, you know, are basket weaving, underwater basket weaving, or something like that, and that's not very sought after. But what, what is more sought after? So uh, there's two parts to this. What do people want to do, and what is there a market for? Because uh, that's uh, two totally different things. Because uh, uh, maybe everybody wants to be a travel writer. Everybody wants to work in manga. Everybody wants to do all these cool things, but those jobs are few and far between. Uh, the same in the States. I'd, I'd love to be a professional musician. I'm just not good at enough. But uh, so, but 
yeah, it's what people are hiring, but a lot more Japanese companies are hiring their first foreigner. So you'll kind of be like your jack of all trades, um, helping out with presentations, um, uh, helping your bucho with his emails, um, writing the co uh, company brochure, and being the basically the English face of the company. So you, you can kind of be, be hired as like the foreigner of the company. Yeah, the jack of all trades, a uh, foreigner for the company. Or there's other companies that are hiring foreigners. If you have the big thing is IT skills. Can you make um, how good is your programming ability, uh, your design ability, and all that? So copywriting and all this. So a lot of the stuff for foreigners are going to be uh, that you need the various um, gaijinity, if you will, um, to the company wants to break out into foreign markets, but they don't have anybody with the skills, so they'll hire them. Even though even though you say that, it still sounds like it just depends on the person. It depends on the company, just like yeah, anywhere does. else. Like just we get, anywhere else, yeah. We get all these emails that are just like, how do I get a job in Japan? And we're just like, I don't know, man. It's, it's I don't know anything about you. I don't know what you're trying to do. Just, uh, you know, do some work. <laughs> yeah. You have to, sh um, yeah, do some work, but you have to show that you're uh, personable, and that, um, well, take for exam example, going into an interview. Every interview you've been in, the person interviewing you really wants to know the answer to three questions. Can you do the job? That's your skill level in all this. So uh, maybe if, if for IT, what's your technical ability? If you want to be a translator, do you, did you pass the um, GLPT, um, the EQ for the Nodoker scan? The other one is, do you think you'll, li you'll like the job? Because if you're overqualified, you're not going to like the job and you're not going to do a good service. So, uh, for example, a doctor is not going to be happy doing a nurse's job. Or if you have a PhD, um, you're not going to be happy. Well, I'm not saying for everybody being an Aikawa teacher because you're overqualified and all this. So um, if they think you're going to like the job, you'll, you'll be a good employee. You'll work harder. You'll get more done. And so, yeah. Can you do the job? Will you like the job? And the last one is uh, really important is like, uh, do we think we'll like you? Can we stand you? Because even if you're a skilled English teacher and you'll probably be good at the job, if you're a dork I, and uh, like really annoying, I don't want to work with you. So it's like, uh, will you, do we want you part of the team? Are you a good cultural fit for the team? So those are the three things that um, companies are going to be looking at. So can you do the job? Do you think we'll, you'll like the job? And do we like you? you you've mentioned uh, across the whole interview, you, you've mentioned kanji, you've mentioned Japanese ability, uh, getting the EQ, things like that. Are there, I, I know it does depend on company or what job you're looking for, but are there any kind of general advice that you have about um, what, what level of the JLPT you should have, how much kanji you should know, what your J Japanese level should be just in general? Uh, in general, unless you have the JLPT2, the NIQ, uh, most of the companies, uh, that's business level Japanese. Mm -hmm. uh, without that, people won't um, probably even look at you because taking the test shows that you're, uh, you're studying formally and that you're interested in learning. So there's, there's a lot of people that can speak Japanese better than I do uh, that haven't taken the test, but it's something like basically your, uh, your university diploma basically tells companies, you have the ability to learn something. The same thing with the JLPT uh, score. It says, oh, he has the ability to learn Japanese and he's interested in it and he's going to improve. Uh, basically, it's just a certificate to say that he's learning. Gotcha. So JLPT too then. Yeah. Without it, um, yeah, it's I, I wouldn't even look at somebody. For a professional job, if a 
unless it was in like IT where you're going, I'm going to ask about their different IT um, related languages more than their Japanese. But if you want to be in marketing or sales or anything like that, uh, and you're selling to the Japanese or working with the Japanese, then you'll need the JLPD too. Uh, if your job is to sell things to the other foreigners in Japan, then it doesn't matter. Gotcha. That's good to know. So before we go, I wanted to know, since you are running this job board, jobsinjapan.com, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know a lot about how people search and what people do. I want to know, like, how do job seekers go wrong when they're looking for jobs online? Like, what are some things, some do's and do not do's of job searching through job boards? Okay, uh, first there's the job board and then where people are going to fail in the interview. But first of all, so on the job boards and all this, um, uh, where they're going to go wrong first is they're going to start applying to every company. And they're just going to blanket. It's like I'm going to carpet bomb them all and just um, see if anything sticks. And that's the wrong way to go because you're going to make a mistake and you're going to put um, on the Berlitz um, application form, you're going to say, I look forward to working at GABA or something like that. You're going to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. And your cover letter is going to be – it's going to show that um, I want a job where you have to show I want to work for this company. So – and then also – when you're submitting the resume, you want to put in the cover letter and then realize that this cover letter is going to a person, not a machine. So everybody's so social media-ish and all this, and there's no uh, attention to detail. And then they're going to make a spelling mistake and something like that because that's going to kill you right off because they're going to say, if this is the level of attention you're paying for getting a job, which is for your future – what is the level of attention you're going to be giving when you've gotten the job? So, yeah, you're, are you going to put this much effort towards your own life? Uh, or, yeah, what is the level of attention that you're going to be putting towards a job if you're making these careless errors here? So that's uh, one of the big things is um, just attention to detail. And the other is um, often in the cover letters, we see so many very selfish written item. So I want to get a job there so I can improve my Japanese ability. I want this so I can have this. And it's all mm-hmm. centered on me where you, um, and that's where um, a lot of the um, companies, um, especially the English schools, they say they want an American, but Americans are too much, there's too much drama. And so many Americans have this sense of entitlement <laughs> because it, in the cover letter, it's just uh, showing them that, um, oh, this person is, just out for themselves. So yeah, that's uh, where they're doing it. So you have to put the cover letter. I love teaching English or I have many foreign friends. I help them with their English and they say that I can explain it very clearly. I'd like to do similar and I'd like to work in your company. As my Japanese ability improves, then I can be a more, I say I can do better for your company as well. But uh, just don't make it selfish and centered on yourself. But look in the company. How can you provide more for the company? Because that's what they're interested in. They're not interested in you as a person. How can this person help me solve some issues that I have in the company? you got to focus more on on what you can do for them rather than what you want to get out of the job. (laughs) Yeah, you said it much clearer than I did. But yeah, that's one of the things that they get on the cover letter. But then um, once you get the right for an interview, here's what's going to happen is so if you if you're asked for like a Skype interview from overseas, first thing that you want to do is that you want to confirm that you know the time zone 
and what time <laughs> the interview is taking place. Because people get this wrong and say, oh, he has no attention to detail, he's an idiot, blah, out. And then if they ask you to send some documents, do it at once so you show that you're organized. Because if you're going to be late sending that in, it's like, oh, this person's not motivated. So, and yeah, the same thing, like don't be late for the interviews and all that. Um, also, during a Skype interview, please remember that it is an interview and you're not talking with your Aunt Marge or anything like that. So dress the part. And what we've seen a lot for people doing these Skype interviews is they'll just relax in their chair a little bit and they'll take a big swig, a big swig of water from their or can of cola or whatever, and they're acting like it's normal. Be on guard. Just like you're face to face with the guy. Don't relax and put your guard down and just start guzzling from your, um, yeah, your bottle of water and all that. Or your flask. And sure, yeah, your flask. Right? Yeah, that's um, <laughs> depending on where. So, yeah, from a beer, that, depending on the job. But, um, and be sure to follow up with a, um, a thank you note and what you liked about the company and that you want the job. But um, that's for the Skype interviews. But um, the good thing about working at a job board is I get to meet all the employers. And I asked them, who makes it and who doesn't? And like, what's your 30 seconds of failure? Like, who's going to be, what is going to get you taken off the list? Like, scratch off, we don't want this guy. And um, some of the things are interesting. So these are all from advice from companies that hire way over 100 foreigners a year. So these are in like the over 500 foreigners a year um, hiring companies. But um, they say things like, um, of course, like showing up late, that's a no-brainer. Whatever your excuse is, it's your own. Um, also, but showing up too early, because mm. if you show up too early, then you're showing that you have no regard for the people that you're working with because they're going to feel uncomfortable and, uh, yeah, let's start this interview early and it's put pressures on them. So, uh, just show up five minutes early and have regard for their busy schedule. Um, of course, a tires, um, yeah, you're going to have to look the part, but even if you're uh, interviewing for a kindergarten teaching position, the dress code is business. So you're you're going for a job. You're not going to teach on that day. So maybe when you're teaching, you can wear um, khakis or whatever. But during the interview, a suit and a tie. And Japan is very conservative. So if you have funky hair, uh, visible tattoos, um, body piercing, uh, sorry, it's not going to make it. Um, yeah, you can't look like you just woke up either. So um, so and don't be too casual. So maybe you. Uh, when you came over to Japan first, uh, you had a bad experience with uh, school. Don't complain about them. Complaining in an interview is um, yeah, just uh, one of those ways that you'll be um, just cut off the list because, yeah, don't bitch and moan. Uh, one of the other th things that I thought was interesting is um, a lot of the interviewers, because they interview hundreds of people, is they hate um, job seekers that try to use the interviewing techniques. <laughs> because the experts suggest like, oh, you should mirror them with your body language um, and all this. <laughs> uh, but that's terrible advice because these people that are giving the interviews, they do that for a living. They can see right through this. It doesn't look natural. And it's, um, yeah, most of the interviewers are just trying not to laugh when you're trying to mirror their body language. And they'll shift their body language just so you can try and mirror them some more. <laughs> so they're going to be playing some games with you. Are, are there any other techniques? Like what other kind of like techniques should you avoid that are like common, you should do this, but actually you should not do this? Um, the eye contact. So if you're not making eye contact, you're probably trying to hide something. Mm -hmm. But if you're making too much eye contact, especially in Japan, uh, it looks strange, unnatural, and you're like um, just trying to intimidate the interviewer. So right? that's yeah. kind of yeah, that's, that's <laughs> weird. Don't be too weird. intense. So just yeah, one eye. Intense. 
in their <laughs> yeah. eyes and the other eye off to the side. And yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, one eye closed, one eye open. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, yeah, try not winking, to fall asleep yeah. and all that. But um, yeah. Uh, the other thing that they don't like is to, when the interviewee, the job seeker, starts interviewing the uh, the employer. So <laughs> asking questions and good questions is, of course, fair game in all this. But don't get too personal or don't, uh, yeah, don't start interrogating the interviewer. So, yeah, because that's going to be like, do I want to work with this guy? And no, this guy's um, he's treating me like a cop. So, yeah, so you don't want to go that way either. So, so it's okay to, like, ask questions about the company to be like, um, I don't know, um, what do you like about your job? Things like that. Yeah, but you don't want to say, like, how's your family? Oh, yeah, how's your family? Or just saying, like, the person interviewing you might be not be in the same job. So it's like uh, you can say, oh, what do people normally like about this job and all this? Like, but mm. how long have you been here? So what is the turnover of the company? Um, so how long do you t plan to stay? So uh, when are raises given? And just being <laughs> so, um, just interrogating the guy and everything uh, is just, uh, what did you do before this? Um, yeah. So there's different ways to say that, but um, what are the um, opportunities for advancement or something like that? But mm -hmm. um, yeah, how long have you worked before you got this job? Yeah, some, something like that is, um, like, it's none of your business. So it's, everybody's different, but um, be smart about it. And um, one thing that um, all the interviewers know is where to check for lies. Um, and the biggest part are the job blanks. So if you have too much time in between jobs, um, they'll ask you about that. And they will also be asking you different questions to make sure that um, what you wrote on your resume is true. Um, they call it a torque, like th threat of a reference check, because if you have a bad job in between something like that, you're just going to extend the periods of your la uh, the other jobs to cover it up. But they'll find that out. So uh, that's one of the things that, um, you know, be aware of the threat of a reference check. Like um, uh, they'll just say, okay, um, if I call your previous or the p employer before then, what are they going to say about you? So, okay, you work that time. So, um, yeah, they might ask for some uh, backup information. So what you're saying is, don't lie. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> <laughs> wow, is that is that obvious? But no, people do. They they do, and because they want, yeah. of course, they're desperate. They want the job, mm -hmm. but they're gonna try and um, they're gonna try and fool the interviewer. But just when you're trying to fib to the cop um and all this, th they know. So yeah, don't lie. So through through the whole thing, the 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 cover letter, the interview, everything. It's, it seems like they're, they're basically, they, I mean, they have a lot of people to interview and I, I've, I've had this experience too. Um, but you're just, you're basically just looking for a reason to fail the other person because you got to move on to the next person and the next person, the next person, the next person all day long. Exactly. So you're going to, you're, you are interviewing a lot of people and you want to find that one good person that will stay, that will be a good person there. And just, um, be confident, be personable, and just show that you want to do the job and that you'll do a good job. But yeah, just be yourself. But other things on the um, getting a job online is mm -hmm. that um, you'll probably have an online resume. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you make the title of the resume decent that they might want to open it up. <laughs> so yep. if you just put like um, resume or something like that, um, no one's going to open it up, but you can might put like a um, bilingual experienced um, sales manager or something like that. Oh, I'll open that up or um, something that will get them to actually want to, like it's the title of the book. So the title does sell the book for you wanting to open it up and just saying resume is 
not going to be there. It's like the BuzzFeed for resumes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. It's not, don't make it clickbait, but still. Um, <laughs> yeah, but don't uh, name your so, book book. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, because um, everybody's, yeah, so on each job board, there's thousands of resumes. And they're going to get, uh, for each job, you're going to, uh, each employer is going to get, um, I don't want to say hundreds, but um, uh, dozens of applications. And if they all say resume, it's like, oh, uh, so they don't know which one to open and just put something like, um, yeah, motivated, um, bilingual, um, experienced, uh, certified teacher, something like that. Anything that you have that could um, increase the ability of getting your resume opened is going to help you. So, Peter, before we we wrap up, um, I'm thinking again of what Koichi said about the little 13-year-old boy or Mm -hmm. girl in their room, like, listening for that morsel of wisdom what what's the last morsel of wisdom you want to leave with that boy or girl well put your resume on jobs in japan that's the number one of course but um, after that do as much networking as you can find a mentor and don't think that you can do everything over the internet it's a contact sport the more people you know the better your opportunities are and they'll help you out yeah so get out there boys and girls and by get out there i mean get to japan yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get to Japan. Get to Japan in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So get out of your room. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just. Um, but if you don't have much uh, experience for your resume, uh, you want to put, of course, your results on the resume. So going to meetings is not a result, but you can put <laughs> stuff like um, even like volunteer um, activities. So I volunteered. So even if you put like, oh, helping foreign friends uh, improve their English, blah blah blah, or something like just. Put something that um, will catch your eye, even volunteer activities. Uh, just don't go too wide. Don't um, go for everything. And, uh, yeah, good luck. Well, thank you so much, Peter. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So I hope it helps, and I hope uh, some people can get more jobs in Japan. So do you have a job in Japan? Uh, no, I, I'm just, uh, I just sit on the beach all day. I but, knew uh, it. Oh, I man. knew it. Lucky. Yeah, no, but no, I run jobs in Japan, and it's, uh, no, it's great fun to deal with the people that are employing um, the foreigners. I'm getting more internationalizing Japan. If, they, if people want to find out more, uh, they can go to jobsinjapan.com. We'll put the text in the description. Also, there's uh, always uh, like a, a questionnaire form and all that for if people that want more information. That's okay. not just for employers. So if you want any advice or anything, just uh, drop me a line. I'm more than happy to help um, where I can. I can't promise you a job, but um, I, I'm more than happy to look at a resume or give any advice if anybody wants it. You guys heard heard it here first. Peter will definitely get you a job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. Appreciate your help. Yeah. Thank you so much, Peter. Thank you so much, Peter. Bye.